The Movie Hour episode 160, December 1st, 2011. Spoiler alert! This program contains movie plots and swearing. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to tonight's episode, the Peter Stormare Nihilistic Movie Hour. I'm your host, Greg Maloney, and I'm here to discuss movies as well as our general distaste for humanity with my co-host, Brother James, and everyone's favorite green thumb, Jeff. Welcome back, ladies. Hello, people. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's that's right. Jeff's back. It hasn't been too long. We uh, we re- didn't record, uh, I think we recorded just a week ago, and we're back here again to uh, talk about what we want. Mainly how shitty the weather is, how shitty the Detroit Lions are. And how our Thanksgivings went? Hey, listen, how shitty the Detroit Lions are. Listen, maybe I'm maybe I'm sitting from afar looking down, but the improvement is marked. <laughs> that having been said, Indomit Consume being out for what is it, two games now? Yep, that's a disaster. Yeah, it's not going to help. I'll tell you that. What's the great was that team's anything. What's great was I did not see the play. Like I had walked away or went and grabbed a snack or something, and then just here, okay, got a foul, come back. And they're like, yeah, he just stepped on some guy. He's out. I'm like, no, he probably did on it. That was an accident. Accident for sure. And Clearly then went, not an accident. <laughs> then I saw yeah. it in the replay. I'm like, okay, yeah. He Especially just... when he precedes it with him taking the guy's helmet and hitting it against Jamie the ground first. The ground. Then standing up and then stopping on his arm. Then I love, they showed it probably four or five times that the like slow motion, him going over to Schwartz and going, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah, like they're just crying about it. Just mm-hmm. how much do you want him to get fined? Because show it one more time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was bad. But but I, beyond that, I had a very lovely Thanksgiving. Very lovely Thanksgiving. How was yours on the the East Coast, Jeff? Uh, it was nice. I was up in uh, Boston. Oh yeah, that's right. Fathers, and uh, we we had a we had a nice uh, race. And I, my fiance, we had a uh, we had a lovely lovely weekend. And you survived uh, Black Friday. Yeah, yeah. I didn't go out. Um, <laughs> Which was helpful. No, no pepper spray. No, uh, let's see. I think the other, the other. It gets better every year, doesn't it? Like honestly. Do you like have any shakes? You know, remembering Black Friday's past or anything? Working no, it? no. I, <laughs> I actually, I sort of, I sort of miss that because I used to love being on the other side of it. I used to work. I, I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast for a massive electronics company, um, the big box electronics store. Um, we'll call it Good Purchase, and um, the, the, the day after Thanksgiving was always my favorite. I mean, getting up at three in the morning sucked. The the whole like process leading up to it sucked, but watching the human zoo that ensued was always always fun. <laughs> it, was, it was just a riot watching people act like animals for a good two hours, and then like after the whole rush starts, telling people no, we ran out of four dollar laptops at four oh one this morning. I'm really sorry, you missed out. Like, <laughs> The guy that got that the last laptop was here literally 24 hours ago. So yeah, I'm really sorry that you don't get one. We'll we'll get back to the the hating on Black Friday. Uh, we have a latecomer, Josh from West Coast, just got here. Thank God you're here, Josh. Welcome back to the show. You're a zoo. You're a yeah. zoo. No, it was. What's great is I didn't know this. A uh, good friend of the show, uh, Lewis. He works with another Lewis Tully. Another yeah, another big uh, retail store in a mall and apparently like not only did they have to be 
on Thanksgiving Day at night, nine o'clock, be ready, ready, set up for Black Friday. It's his birthday on Black Friday, and I just thought, <laughs> oh my god, I'd kill everybody. <laughs> Buying the whole birthday thing. One, one day every three hundred and sixty-five, you get to you get to. Tell everybody I don't I don't buy into it at all. I don't give a shit about anybody else's birthday. I don't even give a shit about my own birthday. It doesn't matter. I don't buy the whole it's my birthday. Don't be mean to me. Fuck that. Black Friday's birthday, deal with it. <laughs> with you, Jeff. I often forget my own birthday until someone calls me. No way. I'm you serious. You don't forget. Two years birthday. running, my sister called me and it reminded me that it was my birthday. Interesting. I don't know if that's a fantastic. That's that's that's, that's well beyond my distaste for birthday. <laughs> you're just crazy. Yeah, your sounds like distaste. Where his just is disinterest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty apathetic toward everything. I don't. Know yeah, I was gonna what say Josh is the king of disinterest. <laughs> <laughs> James, yeah. did you end up uh, picking up any Black Friday deals? I know you were talking about picking up some movies. Did you end up doing that or no? Uh, I did some movie shopping for myself. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. What, what do we got? What do we got? What's in your What's on your Plate. Uh, I did get the the lightning deal of the Muppet Seasons, which was nice. So I've got Muppet Seasons. The lightning deal. Yeah, off of Amazon. Not the I movie. Can't... Not any of the movies. Uh, it actually came with two of the movies as oh. well. It was a big Muppet pack. Uh, the original, and then Takes Manhattan. I think were oh, the two movies. Oh else? wait, no, it wasn't Takes Manhattan. It was oh. the pirate one. Whatever. Eh. One I've never <laughs> seen before, but it was just like whatever. Eh. You yeah. know, if I ever get married, I think it's gonna be on a pirate ship. That'd I cool. see. Like an actual pirate ship? Yeah. How are you going to get the pirate Make make people walk the plank and shit? Is that what you're going to do? Like, you make walk the plank? (laughs) Anybody I wanted. It's my wedding. Well, nobody wants to walk the plank. The point of the plank is that the people want to walk it. Whoa, wait a minute. You obviously weren't around in the uh, 13th century, my friend. (laughs) Nobody wanted to walk the plank. Those people did not want to walk the plank, but they were made to. You guys, right, that's what I'm saying. You guys are saying the same thing. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm yeah. No one wants to walk the plank. I'm saying I'm going to make them anyways. <laughs> oh, okay. When people start tapping the but glasses. I just want to go to your fucking wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it'd be sweet. Like, yeah, but I heard he's going to make people walk the plank. Wait, but <laughs> if, you were, if you were one of the wa- lucky ones that didn't have to walk the plank, you're going to enjoy the shit out of it. Except oh. for the, like... The, the, the impending doom the entire time. That that sounds pretty awful. I I really don't want to be rung up in what, what's it called uh, uh maritime court. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be badass. What is uh the can third one? Parlayer way out of it. Uh, yeah, you can give me money. Gosh, yeah, pirate ships, pirate ships. That's a that's a great way to start. And uh, unfortunately. <laughs> I've already, I showed up and ruined the show instantly. I was pretty happy about it. Tangent. It was fantastic. The <laughs> what I was actually I was hoping to catch the Muppet movie today, but and this is another tangent of what I what I hate about the way things work is I had a delivery coming today and it was supposed to be delivered today. I knew it was coming today. I it was out for delivery like starting at five a.m. It arrived not an hour ago, and I was like, wow. Oh boy! So, yeah, it was. It was a, a lot disaster. of times here when I get something ordered to my house, this is an extra pisser. It'll show up in New Jersey at like 5 a.m. and then it won't even show up here until the next day. And New Jersey's <laughs> right there. Like I can right. see New Jersey if I if I take a, a short walk. Such a pisser. <laughs> they have to shit. process. They're like they got to put on conveyor belts and shit, dude. Yeah, yeah. True story. All true story. All true story. But 
<laughs> Before we start talking about killing people on pirate ships again, um, I guess we should just get to uh, get to the heart of today's episode, the movie reviews, the fantastic movie reviews, which would be, uh, I guess we'll start with Jeff this week. I don't, uh, did we start with Jeff last week? I don't think we did. No, we didn't. Because you did always... Trino this week, I remember. Yeah. I remember that shit. But yeah, Jeff, well, how about you start us off? Yeah, I saw I saw um, Crazy Stupid Love, which is sort of a romantic comedy. Um, I mean, if you got to watch a romantic comedy, I guess it was okay, is what I'll start off with. This is a movie uh, starring Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, Julianne Moore, Emma Stone, sort of Marissa Tomei, and sort of Kevin Bacon. Um, and... Uh, it, the it, the movie kicks off with Steve Carell and his longtime wife Julianne Moore out to dinner, and Julianne Moore says that she wants to get a divorce. And then on the way home, she tells him that she uh, slept with somebody else, and he like rolls out of a moving car, and that's about as funny as the movie gets. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so the uh, the the guy she slept with, by the way, is Kevin Bacon, and he's got sort of like a bit part. It's it's a relatively small role. Uh, Marissa Tomei plays a girl that Steve Carell sleeps with afterwards. So Steve Carell starts drinking profusely at bars and for no apparent reason, uh, ladies, man, Ryan Gosling takes an interest in him and like turning him around and like getting him out of his sneakers and khakis and into like, you know, well-fitting jeans. So it's like 40 year old version, but not in a, not in a Best Buy area. Yeah, basically. I mean, that I, I think that's a good way to get to look at it. Uh, it that relationship, anyway. Right, like, right. It, it takes for again for no apparent interest. Like, doesn't even know the guy. Like, sees him in the bar, and he's like, "Hey, man. Like, you know what? You're you're depressing me. You should meet me at the mall. We'll get ourselves set up." And then he like teaches oh my him how God. to meet chicks and like regain his manhood. So that's like one plot line. Meanwhile. Emma Stone uh, from uh, Super Bad Fame. Can we back is, up and uh, can, you, can you say meanwhile, like just like just meanwhile, Jimmy. Meanwhile, back at the farm, right? Emma exactly. Is yeah. Um, Emma Stone is uh, is sort of like si- side side story. Like Ryan Gosling hits on her in a bar. Does is she she's too mature? Doesn't work out. Like and because she's with this other guy who's really boring. And then like turns out <laughs> that that doesn't work out. So he, she and Ryan Gosling hit it off, and it changes Ryan Gosling's life. Blah blah. blah. And like he That's he stupid. He goes away from being like the tomcat. And then. Steve Carell's trying to get back with his ex-wife and it, it, there's there's a bunch of like being like sort of this ensemble cast and um there there's sort of a bunch of moments where you, you just you see this awful thing about to happen you're like oh an awful thing's about to happen and you really don't care that much cuz none of the characters are that um that likable relationship really, okay right. yeah likable or that um that important to you that you care about them i've become big on this it, characters have to be important to me for me to care about the action that happens to them and uh i i just it, like nobody was that interesting because the things that happened to them weren't that believable i guess you could say um that they seemed real anyway right so long story short The idea is that Steve Carell, despite the fact that he's become this ladies' man type guy uh, under Ryan Gosling's tutelage, is trying to get back with his ex-wife. And his kids are sort of in the mix. And all these sort of ridiculously 
unlikely things happen. And there's there are a couple parts. There's a part where their babysitter has a crush on Steve Carell, and she's 17. And I think this is supposed to be like kind of like maybe like cute and funny, but it actually just turns out to be like really awkward and creepy. Right. Um, and not in like an awkward, creepy, like that's the way this is meant to be because I'm supposed to feel uncomfortable. But like you're trying to make me laugh at this, but I actually just feel deeply uncomfortable about it uh, for me anyway. And uh, overall, it was it was a not not that great of a movie. Reminds yeah, me of the time. Stupid. One thing I noticed though, at the end, I noticed that with the ensemble cast. I'm sorry, because I, I totally opened up to questions there, but I wanted to say one more thing. I realized at the end they did this like slow motion thing with this almost Mark Mothersbaugh um, soundtrack thing. I realized that they were going for a Wes Anderson. They really were, and they failed really, really, really badly. Really? Interesting. So it was one tracking shot, like one giant tracking shot, all like sort of slow mo, like wrapping up the movie. Um, not at the very end, but right. towards the end, there was a uh, a slow mo. Um, what's it called? Not, it's not mounted, but it's close. It's where it like. It, it was okay. So it's this kid walking towards the camera in slow mo, and the camera like moving backwards, tracking on the kid. So I, I guess it is a tracking yeah. shot. Yeah, um, yeah. So that I mean, make make in with it, and I realized at that point, like, wait, this is this is sort of like a Wes Anderson moment. Then I realized this whole movie is just a really, really bad, like, um, the story they're trying to build and these these characters that like they try they really try and build some like wonkiness into a lot of the characters, and it just comes off as awkward and unbelievable instead of interesting or like endearing. I guess you really didn't. Sense. You really didn't like this movie. It's again better than most of the romantic. Right, right. Because you're, you're Steve Carell's your boy, right? No. Well, I like Steve yeah. Carell. I like right. Steve Carell, and I like Julianne Moore. Yeah. Um, and I'm not anti Ryan Gosling, and I definitely like Kevin Bacon. He was in the River Wild, after all. <laughs> yeah, he was in the River Wild. Tomei. I mean, you know, <laughs> if she weren't already Jim's girl. True story. True. Very true story. Um, yeah, I re- like this, I think it came out, what, a couple months ago. Did you guys end up catching it just like to just get on Redbox or something, or did you get it from something else? Uh, yeah, we did the, uh, the, the Redbox yeah. thing. You're a, a big proponent of that. I should mention it's, uh, the saga is officially over. I've ended the Netflix subscription completely now. Good it's for you. Adam, boy. It's good uh, for you. Like it's, I liked it every dollar I spend there. I am not spending on Netflix. Yeah. Have you seen their latest commercial? A the Netflix Redbox? commercial? No. Yeah, it's like the worst thing in the world. Wait, Netflix or Redbox? Netflix. What? <laughs> yeah, I haven't it's seen horrible. <laughs> uh, just outlying the features that they have and the fantastic things you can watch it on. And Let me no, explain like, this to they, you one more time. They try to make like they try to make it seem like hamsters are getting Netflix or something. It's really stupid. <laughs> That does sound fantastic. They sent me another email recently uh, telling me that now is a great time to come back to Netflix. <laughs> no way. I didn't get that email. Anytime's a good time for me to give you money again, isn't it? Like, I, I'm, I'm so done with them. I guess I just quit, so then it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but, yeah, I have, uh, unlike last week, where I failed to watch Fargo, and we had brought up how I hadn't seen Fargo the week before that, and then Jeff pointed me in the direction of HBO Go, which is another fantastic streaming service out there for HBO and extra movies. And I don't think they do any like other TV shows, but all their own 
TV shows that they produce. Um, fantastic stuff. And I actually caught Fargo on HBO Go. And I didn't notice they had Miller's Crossing on there, too. Just another Cohen's brother movie if you guys are looking for something. But um, finally caught Fargo. Really liked it. Fantastic Horror movie. Yeah. Uh, has everyone here seen it? Jim, have you seen this one? Yep. Okay. Yeah. That was the, you said he had beat me to it. I would bastard. Anyways, um, this, the movie pretty much just reaffirms my belief in uh long time front of the show, William H. Macy being the ultimate badass that he is. He's uh, <laughs> fantastic. I love him. And he was great in that movie. And uh, it wasn't really like, I knew a lot about the movie before I saw it just from people talking about it for a long time. It's, right. it's an old movie. Um, it came out in 96. So it's been a while. And, uh, one of, uh, after I've seen this one, or I guess we'll get to the Coen's brothers, uh, whole album, their whole catalog later, but they, this movie is really good. It's, it's between, uh, big Lebowski and what was the next movie? It was big Lebowski. And uh, I don't remember. Anyways, you get a lot of the feel like the dialogue seems sort of on par with the big Lebowski in terms of like the comebacks and the, the just talking between Will H. Macy, although Will H. Macy plays the great sap, obviously he does, doesn't a lot of movies, but um, between him and his father and like, there's always like a third character involved in these conversations. Like in that situation, it's him and his father and it's like his father's accountant, like best friend kind of situation. And then you have this, always the problem, the situation with, uh, Francis McDormand, I guess we should go back to the, the plot a little bit. We follow Willem H. Macy being the father of this family he's trying to provide for. He's a car, like a car salesman, kind of down on his luck guy. And he starts doing nefarious things to make up money and try to get ahead. And he ends up plotting a kidnapping of his own wife through a pretty much like a friend at his, at his uh, car shop, uh, his dealership. And the plan is to get money from his dad, his dad-in-law, his father-in-law, that he just can't convince him or ask him for the money straight up because he doesn't think he's going to get it. So he convinces these guys and pays them off to kidnap his wife so he can get the ransom money for himself through his father-in-law. Um, fantastic plot. Fantastic. Foolproof. Yeah, foolproof. foolproof. Nothing's going to go wrong here. Um, the kidnappers are played by Steve Buscemi and Peter Stormare and, uh, both characters fantastic. Uh, Steve Buscemi's character in this. It's interesting in a lot of Coen Brothers movies, you know, I try to look a little bit beyond the characters and try to like think of, you know, what the Coen Brothers were thinking with the, each character, what they're saying and what they mean, all that shit. I try to get really, really in detail about it. And Buscemi seems to be like the moral ruler of the movie. He like casts judgment on everybody he runs into. It's kind of funny. I want to see it again just to see more of the reactions. But like immediately... William H. Macy goes up to Steve Buscemi and Peter Stormare, their first meeting, and he's telling about what the deal is. And Steve Buscemi's already just saying, like, dude, you're making us do this? And, like, you ha can't work it out. Like, he's trying, he's like saying, you can't work it out. You can't ask your father in law for this money. Like, figure it out. Like, what's your problem? And then they, they just say, fuck it. And they take the, they just take it and leave. And then the, the show goes on. Um, ends up turning into a giant mess when Steve Buscemi and Peter Stormare get pulled over after the kidnapping, blah, blah, blah. And murders happen in this small town, um, which was Bernard or something like that. But um, outside, Brainerd. Yeah, Brainerd. Um, which is where Frances McDormand comes in, which is right, like almost, I would say a third of the movie is already done and she comes into the movie, which is another, the Coen brothers have done that before. Um, but she comes in and there's a, uh, 
a very small town aspect to her and she plays a fantastic character which there's no surprise she ended up winning the oscar for it that year and uh it's <laughs> i haven't been i've been to minnesota before not really out in, in the outskirts very much and that's a brainerd <laughs> yeah and it's just the accent they're doing is fan i love their their tone in that movie it's just so i don't even know just so like i get the southern like home style situation where everyone's just really friendly, small town, whatever feel from it. And she, yeah, she's absolutely brilliant in it. And she ends up being the one that pretty much unravels the whole scheme of things by the end of the movie. Um, now the end of the movie, I need to see again. I, there are a couple, it's almost like no country for old men when Tommy Lee Jones is the end of that movie. And he's just pretty much saying a couple of things and then it just wraps up. Boom. It ends same situation in this movie. You pretty much have, um, Frances McDormand and her husband talking about uh, just their baby. And then before that, they have Frances McDormand pulling Stromer in at the final end of the movie uh, in the cop car. And she's just talking to him about like how she doesn't understand what he did and crap like that. And it's a, uh, it's a very interesting movie. I wish I would have saw it earlier. I'm happy I did catch it. And then there's no surprise that uh friend of the show, Dan picked it as one of a, like an, an iconic movie from the nineties. It was a, very good movie. Got to see it again. You got to see a lot of the Coen Brothers movies again. But uh, happy, I finally caught it. And the the main theme, like the score to this movie, is completely badass. I got to find out who uh, who made that. It was sweet, sweet. Obvious question: Where's it rank? Yeah, that's that's the thing. Um, definitely, like I always want to say it's above the halfway mark, but then things start getting notched below it little by little. Like it's really tough to pull that off. And yeah, for me, raising Arizona went down there pretty quick and I know that hurts Jim's feelings, but yeah, like, that's my number one. That's amazing. Like not that it's a bad movie. It's just Fargo. Oh yeah. Fargo is between Hudsucker proxy and the big Lebowski. That's what it was. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'd say uh, things that I know are just off the bat above it. No Country for Old Men. Really love that movie. Oh, sure. Oh, man. Miller Crossing's below it. I think I like Fargo more than Miller's Crossing. Barton Fink, I love that movie just because I'm an asshole, so that's above it. Um, Burnham, Lebowski's got to be above Lebowski's it. Lebowski's above it. Haven't seen Intravable Cru- Cruelty. Um, there's a couple obvious ones that are below it. Uh, Lady Intravable Cruelty is yeah. below it. It's a good movie, but yeah. it's below it. There's no share. <laughs> um and serious man i think serious man and fargo are right like i want to see both of those again before i before i give them an official stance but it's uh yeah i would say it's pretty like hudsucker proxy i didn't like that much um both by the way um serious man and fargo both movies that i've had to yell at greg to make him watch <laughs> actually pretty much i don't watch the serious man yet Although you pretty much had to bring it for a serious man and put it in, or like pretty much say, hey, we got to watch this to make me watch it also. Um, but the one thing I do want to mention, there's a point in the movie, just a random, random comment. There's a point in the movie where Steve Buscemi and Stromer are like just in their hideout trying to get the TV working and they get it working and they're watching just some bullshit waiting for a call or whatever. And there's a soap opera on and I swear <laughs> I recognize somebody like in the soap opera turns out i was correct it's bruce campbell is just in the soap opera they're watching on tv yeah. at the time i'm just like he plays a character in a soap opera in um intolerable cruelty as well <laughs> That's, like same situation like exact same thing i wonder if it's the exact same clip like it could be, be uh, i think billy bob thornton's and the- oh okay that, definitely not the situation it's like him and a girl and that's all it is but 
yeah, fantastic movie, and uh, I might have to might have to catch. I got to catch a lot of the Coen Brothers stuff again. But if you haven't caught any of their movies, definitely we'll start looking into them. They're fantastic. But yeah, James, your turn. Uh, for the second week in a row, I've got a, a movie review. It's amazing. I know. Uh, I actually haven't seen a lot of movies. We've seen two for our list, even. So I'm, we're almost done. Almost uh, done. I was gonna say, what's the countdown? Eight more? Ten? Oh, uh, we were at six. We watched two, but we decided to add one because Bullshit. the one we just one we just watched was like part one of a two part series. So we're gonna watch the second one. Wow. So. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so we just watched From Here to Eternity and a French movie called Jean de Florette, which is the part one that we were I was just talking about. What's part so, two called? Uh, Man in de Spring or something. Oh yeah, Man in de Spring. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. But uh, anyway, so got five left of those to watch. So getting down to it. Yep. Getting down to it. We'll have to have like a fireworks display at the studio. Yeah, when seriously. You're done. Maybe a couple rolls. Inside. Inside. Yeah, inside. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the movie I am reviewing is uh, one I saw in a theater called In Time, uh, 2011. Um, it's a movie that takes place. Wait, that's the one with Justin Timberlake, right? That is correct. Yep. Why in God's name did you go see that movie, <laughs> dude? Justin is abs. Like, it's like your man crush, isn't he, James? You like you like Justin Timberlake? Uh, I don't mind me some Justin. I don't know <laughs> if I. He's not like Ryan Reynolds, my man crush for me okay. or anything, but I like Justin. He's funny. Uh, he doesn't really get to show his comedic chops in this movie, but uh, why? Why? Yeah. Why did you go see this movie? Um, I'm a sucker for some sci-fi films. Like I've, I went to go see that. Uh, what the hell was the one on the train that I reviewed? Cup Super like, Oh, the no, Jake Gyllenhaal no. one. Yeah, the Jake Gyllenhaal. Like stuff like that. It intrigues me, and I hope it's good. So I want to give it a chance, and I go check it out on the theater. Source code. That was the name. Of yeah. The source code. But uh, so yeah, that uh, I'm a sucker for sci-fi stuff. So I was gonna give it a chance. Um, so anyway, uh, this movie takes place in the, the not-too-distant future. They're still using cars and stuff like that. But uh, it's in a world where people age naturally up to the age of 25. And then they're on this clock starts within their system because they're genetically engineered this way, which they don't really go into too much. Um, and I think you start with a year on the clock. And if that clock runs out, you die. Um, and the way... Intense. Yeah, so what they do is instead of using money as a currency, they use time as a currency. So when you go to work, you get paid in time. When you go and buy stuff, you have to purchase it with time. And that's how they keep the populations in check. Like if you're not contributing to society, you're just going to end up dying off and, you know, keeping the important people alive, basically. This makes perfect sense. Yeah. Why haven't we done this yet? I don't know. So, and like with all. And like with all currencies, there's the rich people who have like gazillions of years, you know, pretty much immortal at this point as far as natural uh, aging. So you, they can keep like the idea is you can stay alive forever, possibly. Yeah, if you okay. gather enough money yeah. slash time, then yeah, you're you're gonna be immoral. And you then just like, suck it out of the poor. There's and just infinity. Symbols that's basically what happens. It's like you, there's a slum, and all these guys are living day to day, and then segregated in their own areas. All the rich people and their you know, fancy houses and stuff, and they're gambling with time and stuff like that. So <laughs> sweet. And can they of course, steal, all... steal it? Can you steal? Yes, it? there's crime based on time. There's timekeepers, which is like the cops that you know keep track of it. And since oh, it's all digital or whatever, they have like 
grids in the in the cop stations. They're like showing like the usage of like the you you know the number of time available and that sort of thing. What's, so what's something the downside to trying to steal time if you're 25 and nine months? Like, what um, are they going to do to you? They come and either kill you or remove it or I don't know what exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying though. You're like you're 25. Yeah, you're going to die anyway. So why not? You know, why not exactly? But yeah, so you, you might as well try it, but. I think um, that's in the Ten Commandments that you're not supposed to steal time. Oh, All yeah. right, the hell so, thing. So, that's... what happens to our hero Justin Timberlake? So, uh, he lives in the poor section of town, and you know, one of the guys that lives day to day, working at the you know factory, that sort of thing. And he comes across, or he comes into some time that is gifted to him by someone who's just sick of you know living. He's been alive for so many years. He was kind of spending it in the area, kind of get himself into trouble, attracted some unwanted attention justin timberlake helped get him out of it he's like you know what you know pretty much you know bequeathed it all to him and then killed himself how much time are we talking about here a uh, hundred years i think it was Ooh. so he's a rich man yeah. all and uh he um kind of helps out one of his buddies with some and you know goes to pick up his mother who is it's weird because everyone still looks 25. So his mom is played by Olivia Wilde in this movie. So it's really oh, Never mind. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, she uh, she hasn't run into him yet since he's gotten the time, and they're I mean they live hour to hour at this you know at this stage of their life, and uh, something happens and she ends up dying. She she expires. Is it uh, is it obvious like how much time each person has? Like on the poster, yes. it shows it on their arm. Is that what? Yes, it looks it's like? on their okay. arm. Yes. Okay. Yep. Why didn't he just give her some time? Because he hadn't seen her yet. Oh, he was going to see you her. You said yes. that. You said that, didn't yes, you? Yes, he was, he was going to see her, and time ran out. So anyway, <laughs> he's got nothing else to you know tie him to the area, so he decides to go into the rich area. And when he's there, basically the cops can tell when the time is moving because it's such a big chunk, and it's on the digital readout and all that fun stuff. Anyway, they approach him about it. They see some footage of the guy that, like let himself expire but it's kind of iffy on like how he died so they blame him for killing the guy and stealing the time when really he didn't they take it from him and he's just going to go away from life so basically he escapes and decides you know fuck all you rich people and he goes on the lamb and it turns into a man against the the world i'm on the run from everybody type of movie that you've seen like a gazillion times um only they can tell exactly where he is at all times. Well, they took this time before he ran away. So he's oh, okay. reading Oh, so it's not just he's against the world. He's also against the clock. The clock, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I love the premise. The premise is kind of cool. The execution is definitely lacking. Um, like, when he goes on the run, it just it hits every note you're used to hearing in every movie. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the things that are annoying about it is, like, the transactions happen, like, through risk contact with people like you don't even need a machine you can just like rub up against them and like mentally give them stuff and i thought that was <laughs> weird there's like the street fighting side thing where you know of course timberlake's really good at it and uh, you just kind of like do it over the top but it's just kind of like whose hand is on top and that like steals or takes time depending on whose hand it. <laughs> it's like, like with the baseball just keep grabbing hands on top of it and whoever gets the top <laughs> right. right so and there's this whole ghost of the father storyline that like starts but they never go anywhere with it it's not like <laughs> you know just this being in the shadow of his father and um the ending <laughs> is a little different um Cillian Murphy plays the timekeeper who's just after him he's he kind of plays the uh, kind of like the fugitive like he doesn't give a shit why he's just 
I don't care what your reasons are. I got to take you in type of thing. And the ending ending's a little different, but it falls flat at the same time. So it was kind of cool and shitty at the same time. Like, all right, whatever. <laughs> well, this like, is I'm glad no, you did no do wonder no one's done this before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> basically, basically, it's a spoiler alert for any of you who actually want to watch the movie. But he's so obsessed with catching him that he like the timekeepers don't keep a lot of time on him, so they don't get you know stolen from his you know while they're on the job. And he's so hell bent on keeping the guy. Oh no. the guy. He, it's not watching his time close enough, and he just kills over. Oh my god! Like wow, that's kind of interesting, but it doesn't do anything for the story. Does, some, does something <laughs> special happen when like people expire? Like do no, they, they Yoda and vanish, or what? No, they just fall dead, and like the digital readout goes black, or whatever. <laughs> That'd be sweet if they exploded. So yeah. how many great quotes are in this? Like you're expired, or oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh one-liners like that. Um, they did try and infuse it with a little comedy at one point during a chase where. Timberlake's, you know, been in this position before on the run from the law, and he's he's on the land with this chick, and he's just, oh yeah, they never, they'll never jump out the window like this and run over here. Oh wait, he's jumping out the window, and it was pretty much like, wow, I can't believe it. And every like thirty feet, he would stop and just like, it was almost like he was like, oh, this just isn't my day, and just it came out all wrong. And like (laughs) that was a mistake to try and give it comedy, but uh, yeah, there were there were. a lot of things in it that could have been a lot better. And like I said, I really enjoyed the premise. Just, they just pulled it off poorly. Like at the end, they're like, they're robbing like banks. They lend time basically. Right. And just distributing it amongst the poor, which, you know, cause they have this whole 99% versus 1% theme going on, which whatever. <laughs> it definitely did like, seem like against that. Like, yeah. Rebel against the rich people. They just want to keep it off of themselves when we could really be saving everybody's lives. There's enough, enough to go around. So they're robbing banks and stuff. And we can one... all live to 76 and be miserable. <laughs> yeah. At one point they steal a, uh, it's kind of like a battery, It's but it's got a million lives or a million years on it. <laughs> it's... And they're going to distribute it. And they give it to this girl that they know from the neighborhood. And there's this mob mentality where they all swarm her to get the thing. and the, But they all wait their turn to, like, get stamped with some of the life or some of the years. I'm just like, how is she just not getting killed for the <laughs> one million years that are on right. the factory? It's just this 12-year-old girl who's distributing it to hundreds of people just... Mad yeah, I'd kill her. I'd maybe uh, maybe there's some deep metaphor going on that you just didn't get. Maybe yeah, maybe. Oh, she's nice <laughs> giving it away. We won't kill her. I found <laughs> that with most of Justin Timberlake's movies, there's a deep metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> so again, yeah, I liked it. I I mean, I like the the theme and stuff, but yeah, it's the execution was not there. I um the the one thing I want to mention the writer director of the movie Andrew Andrew Nickel um he also did Gattaca. He wrote and directed that. Wrote and directed Lord of War. Have you seen Lord of War, James? Is that the, the gun selling one? I yeah, actually have seen that one, I think. One. I saw Lord of War. Yeah, like, he, he's done some interesting things. He also did Simone, which was the, like, fake entertainer created by... Yeah, I remember that yeah. with Pacino. Yeah, he's done some yeah. interesting things. I mean, things. The, yeah, the, the premise is kind of cool. It's just, yeah, the execution just didn't work. Right. And, you know, it was, it was the story and, like, the way they just everything worked together. Or was it just the, the performances? You know, the performances were okay. There was nothing to get excited about because there wasn't anything for them to really do except for be on the run. So it wasn't... I mean, Tim really like, had the one sad scene with his mom dying because it was one of those, like, I have seconds left. I see you down the street. I'm going to run and give you some of this 100 years I have on my arm. And, and they don't make, make it. it. Oh, yeah, and they have that... 
that stereotypical scene where they're in the middle of an empty street, they pan away, and the only light that's on in the street is on them. And I'm like, oh my god, yep. So there was a lot of that, just like, okay, seen that before eight thousand times. Thanks. So, <laughs> were there some musical numbers? <laughs> no, there's no musical numbers to keep me interested. I, I mean, I still was intrigued by the movie, but yeah, there's you can take your chances with us other stuff i would rent it before going to see it for sure but i feel like the better move would be like put some in sync stuff in there like something <laughs> i'm surprised uh i'm surprised you didn't get out to see muppets you, you know to. it was one of those things where it's a sunday night and i'm like okay who wants to go to muppets with me i didn't have any takers time went by the movie did, you know was already gone and then finally got a taker to go to the movies and we went to go see this because that was right. the next one Interesting. So I tried. I tried to garner some support from Muppets. I was. Completely... I, I wasn't brave enough to go by myself, so I blame myself. I was going to completely go see Hugo today, but I had to apparently wait for a delivery for twelve hours. But what was interesting was I was like, man, I really want to review Muppets too, but I need to see that. I need to see Muppets with somebody. Like Hugo, I wouldn't mind seeing alone, but Muppets, I need to be with. Yeah, I'm not going to go see Muppets. By yeah, myself. that's how I was. Just like, I'm kind of hoping somebody would come. But... So we're gonna have to do that. We're gonna have to do that this weekend. I'm definitely interested. Yeah. Muppets for everybody. Muppets for everyone. How about you, Josh? Do you see the Muppets? Hell no. Got any gum? F that. Anybody got any gum? Do you have it? Do you uh, catch any movies? Anything interesting? I watched some surf some surfing movie this weekend. I was trying to take a nap, the so chicks? I put this movie on about surfing. Was it The Cove? No. Okay. Was no, it, it was a doc- it was a documentary about surfing on the North Shore of Hawaii, but that's that's about all I remember. You've got oh, that. It's called, I know that one. It's called Point Break. Yeah. <laughs> it was not, not Point Break. Oh, my gosh. Have was I it... mentioned Point Break Live on the show before? Is Point Have Break you... a documentary? Oh, I always thought that was fake. Point Break Live? Point Break Live? Yeah, it's no. this thing that exists that is not in New York right now, but it moves around the country. I think it's in L.A. right now, and I really, really want to see it. It's like a Broadway show. Yes, wow. it's a, it's a, it's Point Break Live, dude. I <laughs> the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. I'm looking that up. Wait, stop! <laughs> shut the fuck up! I'm not done. <laughs> An audience member plays the Keanu Reeves character. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And apparently somebody like runs around, they have like knee pads on. And anytime there's a line beyond, I'm a federal agent. Like it, they run out with, uh, with cue cards and like and slide across the floor with the cue card for the <laughs> oh, audience. It's, That's hilarious. It sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know who's playing Swayze's role. Like whoever that guy is, is like the number one star right now. I got to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Probably his brother. God, that is awesome. That's fantastic. Point Break will live on forever in in the theater. It'll be fantastic. Cool, sweet. So, uh, another uh, slew of movie reviews. A slew of movie reviews today. Now, again, good ones at that. But uh, this brings us to the end of our show, the Parker Posey Play Along, a fantastic feature. We had a question last week, which I believe was James' question, which I performed poorly on. I would, I would, I might add. Uh, who is your favorite villain or antagonist from a comedy movie? Was the question, James? Did you have anything, any uh, specific answers you wanted to address? Well, I gotta love Walter Peck from Ghostbusters. I can't believe awesome. I didn't think of it. I cannot believe I did not. Yeah, think... wasn't he your avatar for a while? No. Yeah, I, he was mine for a while. <laughs> hey, Walter Peck, you could be my avatar anytime. Yes. <laughs> William Atherton, he's a god. Yeah, I'm surprised no one came up with like a dark helmet or I don't know. I just uh, thought about it. Aaron did mention dark helmet. What's yeah. that? 
Karen, Karen. Oh, did she? Okay, oh, awesome. Frequent guest co-host. Yeah, she brought up Dark Helmet for sure, which is another like, yeah, yeah. like Moranis. Just wherever you are, I hope you're having a, a great day wherever you are. I'm blessing regular listener Rick Moran. Yeah, I'm blessing you, Rick. <laughs> Does he have his own fucking photo yet on IMDb? Because we need to set that his up. Own <laughs> doesn't have one. He didn't for the longest time. I'm going to no, say it was, it was like a trivia point. Like, who's the most famous person that doesn't have a photo on IMDb? Oh, Rick Moranis. Oh, looks like he looks like he does now. He does. Somebody somebody answered the call, but yeah, it's a uh, a very good question, and I uh, I didn't I ended up going with my uh, Billy Eric from Billy Madison, which I wasn't completely happy with. I should have should have done better. An idiot. But fantastic question. And we bring up another fantastic question, which is the new one this week, and it's mine. Unless, Josh, unless you want to park pose. Yeah, off the top of your head, Josh, go. No. Um, I, have, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like mine. I like What's your mine. favorite psychedelic drug to take while watching movies? <laughs> no fair. No fair. We all know that it's something. How many are there? <laughs> How many psychedelics? Not enough. Um, anyways. My question, the Parker Posey play along, which you can find at gungpit.com. Fourteen the- votes for acid. <laughs> <laughs> the movie hour page on Facebook. The question is very basic, and it's hopefully I don't know how outside the box you'll be able to get with it. Oh God! Question is, watch me. Yep. <laughs> in in general, in a general statement, what's the most down to earth movie you've ever seen? Now, what does that mean? I'll, I'll give you sort of my example or my answer and like explain it further that way. My, I ended up picking sideways and the meaning is just no crazy, like special effects. If there's a fight, you know, there's not giant pile signs and explosions, what, whatever. And I sort of went with more of a modern day thing. It doesn't have to be modern if you wanted to do um, something that's in the past, like a period piece, but it's very realistic. I don't know how you would get that other than being like, Oh, I lived that long. So James, like in the twenties, if you want to pick something from that, that's fine. Um, but I can verify those too. I can, I can, I can verify those dates, but, uh, but yeah, I just down to earth being that it's what you would imagine real life was in that time and that place. And that's what things would seem like to you. Um, so I ended up picking up sideways and sideways, uh, being, uh, the Paul Giamatti vehicle, awesome movie, another movie that Jeff introduced me to actually. Um, and it's pretty much just, a romantic comedy of sorts, almost a, almost a drama. If it weren't for, uh, it's really the opposite of a romantic comedy. It's, I don't know. You have, uh, I always forget that guy's name. Who's uh, who's Giamatti's cohort in that movie? Oh, like um, Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah, he's the yeah. guy in that movie. Like that's he, every scene he's in is pretty much comical. Um, at some point they drive a car into a tree it, on purpose. It's funny, but he jumps out and calls him a fucking <laughs> derelict it's hilarious <laughs> you fucking derelict but i don't know the reason i the reason i think the movie's very down to earth like there's obviously no crazy special effects but the re- the difference between this and like a re- like the your mainstream romantic comedy there's no ridiculous like okay this guy just broke up with his girl after he met her and now he got caught in a weird situation where she thinks it was cheating on him and they're gonna get back together in the end because a lightning bolt strikes a tree or something like <laughs> it's, it's just about relationships and yeah like like jeff was saying it is not your it's not your basic romantic comedy if even that if it is if it even is but um i just feel like it's a re- story of a relationship going 
boy meets girl and doesn't exactly know how to just deal with that situation and romance and has a problem creating that relationship and it slowly works out over time but um the it the movie turns out in a spectacular fashion and it still seems very realistic very i could see that happening down the street in california whatever but um really liked it and i uh i think it's a, a good example of something that would answer my question does that make sense to you guys at all or no I makes sense so. i'm yeah, working, yeah. getting all romantic comedy answer kind of things but like i'm sure you guys can think of a movie that uh, scott scott pilgrim versus the world yeah <laughs> precisely exactly like that um but yeah if you can think of a movie like i like another thing yeah. which i uh came to my head that was sort of a period piece that a lot of people claimed was real but i you know i have no way of knowing is the discussions of saving private ryan and like the d-day invasion and how people thought that was very like people actually like veterans had a call had a call in on a hotline constantly because uh, it was so realistic and brought up memories and all that shit but um i have no way of knowing that but um that's an example of something that'd be still a crazy production that seemed very realistic uh yeah i got my answer um, I'm gonna go with uh, Nobody's Fool. Paul Newman. Just rewatched movie. that movie a couple months ago, actually. Yeah, I, I did. I really like that movie. It's uh, basically just a small town. Paul Newman's. This is later in his career, so he's an older gentleman, and he's pretty much the resident handyman. And I just love the way he has different relationships with everybody, um, especially. And I believe it's is it Olympia Dukakis who's in that. Or no, no, it's it's, it's, not uh, it's it's somebody. Tandy, Jessica Tandy. Tandy. Yes. And I just love the relationship there. And I just feel like a lot of the relationships are very genuine of what you would find in real life, where he's basically, I mean, they don't have much of a talkative relationship, but they mean a lot to each other. Him and Jessica Tandy as the, you know, tenant landlord, I believe it was. And he'd come and fix stuff. And, you know, they, you know, kind of tease each other a little bit and that kind of stuff. But it just... The whole thing seemed very realistic. Like I could find that small town anywhere, and people very would act that way towards each other. Very good answer. And yeah, I, I guess yeah, it's a perfect answer. Perfect answer. Um, not as perfect as mine, but right. So Jeff, Josh, <laughs> you got you guys on board? Yeah, I, I have. A, I think a pretty good answer. Jurassic Park. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was actually my second choice. <laughs> okay. Uh the the first pick being the Sandlot. Uh, which is pretty much just about like your neighborhood gang of kids who just want to get together, mess around, have a good time, play some backyard baseball. I guess the only thing that's kind of dramatized in that movie at all is the situation with the dog. Uh, but but even that is is very realistic in that exactly. they've, they've dramatized it themselves. I like this answer. Exactly. So like it is dramatized, but in reality, when you're a kid, like that's the picture you have. Like don't knock it into the neighbor's yard because he's gonna kick our asses. Yeah. Like, Potter's gonna kill you. Right? Yep. But yeah, like Potter. A band of kids running around that happens in every neighborhood in the United States, as far as I know. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Do I hear some riffraff back there? I hear riffraff. <laughs> riff I walked out of the room and scared Rasa, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's in here with me. Oh, out of the studio. The studio. Yeah. A, there are two rooms in the apartment. I don't know who she thought was coming from where. Uh, <laughs> but um. 
uh, I, I actually, um, I had a thought kind of similar to Jim's and, uh, that that's, that's appropriate. Cause Jim actually introduced me to this movie, a movie called beautiful girls, uh, which is, is funny because just... if you were going to go first and steal nobody's fool that was my backup <laughs> yeah right. very similar to nobody's fool in that it's a small um northeastern town that uh it has like a bunch of uh really interesting uh realistic and charming and lovable characters and the thing i love most about it is that it's just this group of friends that like they're 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 friends and they're they're almost friends out of habit. Like they they don't have very much in common at all. But they're they're friends because they're friends, and that's good enough. And and uh, I really I really love that that type of like feel and the fact that like no matter what, even the the, the protagonist, um, what's the guy's name? The the actor Timothy Hutton. Timothy Hutton. Yeah. yeah thanks. Um, who is by the way? I just learned a Freemason. Um, no way. I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe. So, um, yeah, but, uh, like he's from out of town and his, his life is, uh, or he's coming back home from out of town and his life is, is, uh, in a lot of ways, significantly different from the people that have, uh, that have stayed in the small town, like doing, um, like one of them runs a plow and, you know, they, they've got like these, these like sort of like blue collar jobs, small town. And, uh, it's it, like the fact that he comes back into town and is just like right back and on board with those people. And I feel like that's a, uh, it's a, it's a really cool, um, really cool idea. It's, it's, it, the, the entire movie is very heartwarming in, in the fact that it seems very real. And I, I really love that movie. So that's my favorite or not my favorite, but that's a really good example for me of a, uh, of a true to life, cool movie. Yeah. And the character, yeah, the characters, I think the, the common theme being the characters all seem very just down to earth yeah. and the relationships seem very plausible, very possible. And yeah, I, I like, and, uh, Jeff's example for beautiful girls, the, the kind of like the guy on the, the group of friends that's on the outskirts though, he helps with the plow and it just seems like his whole relationship with the group is just like, Hey, stay cool. And he, you know, just kind of randomly says stuff as people are walking by. And I love that guy just because it's like, yeah, I could see that happening. It's like, we don't, you know, we're friends, but not enough to have a really good conversation or anything. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> we can hang out when other yeah. people are here, and then we can hang out. That's fantastic. Um, sweet. I'm I'm happy you guys nailed it because I was sort of I was worried. I was worried yeah, a little I, bit. I mean, basically, if I if I'm I want to make sure I answered it right. right. Like, what's your favorite movie with nothing supernatural and no special effects? Right, and no, right. Like, bizarre plot even, point. Yeah, even Saving Private Ryan is kind of a bad answer because, like, down to earth, like, World War II was obviously a very extreme situation, and D Day is right. definitely on top of that. And you don't, you know, you don't see that ever in a lifetime. So that's even kind of a bad answer. But in terms, like, For I don't sure. want to, I don't want to just say realistic. Down to earth, I guess, is the key thing to think about, and uh, that'll that'll get you there. But yeah, that uh, that question, uh, as well as our other stupid comments, you can find at goingfit.com. Um, and you can find the question also on the Facebook on the Movie Hour page. And I guess that is it for today. The any, any glorification la- of the mundane. We yeah. love it here at the Movie Hour. <laughs> <laughs> any, uh, any, uh, la- any plugs? We got any plugs to throw out there? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, family Feud episode. Totally forgot about the Family Feud. I got interns <laughs> signaling me for this. Um, we're doing the Family Feud episode, which is our christmas episode we sort of recorded is it gonna early. Be family feud i thought we were doing prices right this year <laughs> i thought we're, what was the what was like the memory game one that was that was sweet the one where it was like pictures and you had to unlock like each square and you got more of the oh, picture. Memories you're, thinking of the, 
You're thinking no. of the game where they drop the thing in and there's a bunch of pegs and it's actually called Plinko. That's what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah, Plinko. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, not at all. Anyhow. Legends of the Hidden Temple? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Guts? We get together, and as many people as want to come on, we'll fit as many people as we can. Like, usually we'll get around 10 or 12, and then we'll try to get those people on, you know, as many mics as possible. And we'll record a game show, usually structured as Family Feud, not Jeopardy or anything else. The weakest uh, link? (laughs) And that day and time, we've decided, is going to be Sunday, the 18th of December, we are recording. And we were going to do it, it's either 3 or 4 p.m. Eastern. I was thinking, like we were talking before, and maybe it'll give some people on the West Coast a little more time if we do it at 4. But I'll definitely be around uh, at 3 or even a little earlier. Eliminate. <laughs> and set, set everybody up. If you, have, like, if you have any problems or questions about what you need in terms of like a, a headset or a microphone, it's really easy to do. We just meet on Skype, and it's... Uh, very simple, and I'll I will even meet with you guys early if you need to. You can talk to me on the boards, and we'll get everything set up. But definitely December eighteenth. That's a Sunday before Christmas, and we'll we'll do it. Uh, pretty My much at three or four. Birthday. Yep. What's the time again, Greg? <clears throat> Sunday the eighteenth, December, three or four p.m. Eastern. We'll Eastern probably, Standard Time. Eastern Standard Time. One eight hundred. So for our Australian and European listeners. Do the math. <laughs> you guys, I heard they're, I figure heard it out. They're raffling off a knuckle sandwich this year. Yeah, that's what the winners get: knuckle sandwiches. One knuckle sandwich <laughs> for all of you. All of Josh, you fly to your home. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, punch you in the teeth. <laughs> it's always it's always a great time, and I don't know if it's always. I don't want to say they're my favorite episodes of the year, but it's a uh, it's a fantastic time. It's a lot of jokes, a lot of drinking, a lot yeah. of eggnog. And that early, that early, you can you can guarantee that Jeff will be on his second hangover by then. So it'll be it'll be a fun time, and uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited for it. And again, if there's any questions, you can uh, find me on the boards, youngbit.com, or on Facebook. And I guess that's it for today's show. James, Jeff, good job, buddies. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Drive safe, people. Josh, you were late, but I forgive you. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Friends for life. Friends, friends forever. <laughs> Smell you later, Bart. Smell you later forever. The Peter Stormare Nihilistic Movie Hour. Thanks for listening. Saw Fargo. Had to give him props. I like Stormare. I think I told you guys about this, but Stormare was on this horrible spy show that Rachel watches, and I kept <laughs> talking about how the real Peter Stormare would have done it. Yeah, he did say. He's a proud, proud boy. Absolutely. Is that with um? Oh, Timberlake. Blake. Yes. What God's name compelled you to do that? <laughs> I'll save tell you all show. about save it. Save for the show. Save for the show. Save for the show. Save for the show. <laughs> 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 what? Fuck, Lord, heaven, made you go see that? That's a new one. Fuck, Lord's heaven. Lord. <laughs> I'm actually thinking about opening up an establishment name. <laughs> He's fleeing the interview. He's fleeing the interview. <laughs> <laughs>